Hey, all you nostalgic day campers. Welcome to 9021 Here We Go, the podcast that takes a look at each episode of Beverly Hills 90210 from Fox to the CW. I'm Kendra Mickles, and I'm seeing these episodes for the first time. I'm Nick Gunning, and I've seen them all. You can find more about this show and others like it at our network's website, RadioMeanwhile.com. Other shows on the network include Three Nice Things, where we force ourselves to say three nice things about a movie with a bad and often earned reputation. Previously on X-Men, where we look back on X-Men comics, movies, shows, characters, and more. And Radio 64, featuring video game, music, remix, radio. Also, you can find me over on the All the Books show weekly with Radio Meanwhile overlord Eric Nichols on the official podcast of the David A. Howe Public Library, the All the Books show at SoundCloud.com slash All the Books. Share your thoughts on this and upcoming episodes by following us on Twitter at Here We Go Pod, and please rate, subscribe, and share the show wherever you get your podcasts. This week, we're discussing the Jake and Kelly plotline from Melrose Place episode 1.3, Lost and Found, plus episode 3.3 of Beverly Hills 90210, Too Little Too Late, slash Paris 75001. <laughs> it doesn't say that on Hulu as the, as the title. The Paris thing. Oh, really? They're actually, well, we'll get into it later, but they're actually written by separate people and everything. So it's like two little 20-minute oh. episodes. Oh, yeah. interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, let's crack open the West Beverly Blaze. I'm an investigative reporter for the West Beverly newspaper. Crack it. These episodes aired on July 22nd and July 29th of 1992. Uh, on July 20th, I wasn't going to put this, but the more I looked at it, the more I was just like... I guess we're going to talk about it. Do you know the DC character, the human target, human target? Yes, okay. I do. Did you they know there was a show? <laughs> there was two. Okay, well, this there show uh, premiered on July 20th. It only ran for like seven episodes, but it starred Rick Springfield, singer wow. of uh, Jesse's, Jesse's Girl? Girl. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So. Yes, there was, uh, there was another TV show starring Mark Valley. Uh, that was on, I, th- I think, maybe two seasons that also followed this character. And this character uh, is also in the Arrowverse. So, oh, you know, okay. he, Am I not he, that he gets around. Yet? I'm behind on the Arrowverse. So. Oh, okay. Maybe you're wrong. Tell us tell us a little about the human target. What's his uh Oh, his well, basically, he's a he's a kind of a master of disguise slash spy. His whole thing is he, he'll go in and replace... Uh, someone else and figure out what's going on. So I think in the Arrowverse, there's a plot to kill Oliver and, and the, the human target takes Oliver's place and becomes Oliver for that time to like ferret out what's going what? on. What? A, a plot to kill Oliver? That never happens in the show. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> on July 22nd, Selena Gomez is born or was born. Oh, okay. Uh, singer yes. and actress Selena Gomez. July 28th, Dustin Milligan, who plays Ethan in the CW years, turns seven. Also oh, on July 28th, Mary J. Blige released her debut album called What's the 411? That's oh, really late to me. I, I, I guess what I, I was thought she say, was what around are... in the 80s, but I guess not. Yeah. Well, she probably was just not recording well, music. Right, right. I looked up, uh, I looked at the, the songs on this album, but none of them yeah. seemed familiar. Oh. Though I don't think I could name a, a Mary J. Blige song just off the top of my head. Okay. So, so but... Yeah, her, her debut album. July 30th, Hilary Swank, who plays Carly Reynolds, turns 18. Yep. Series regular in Beverly Hills 90210. I totally forgot that. Yep. We haven't met her yet. Huh. July 31st, uh, we have a couple movies. Death Becomes Her, starring Meryl Streep, Bruce Willis, and Goldie Hawn. I have not seen this movie. No, I haven't either. 
Also on July 31st, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, starring Luke Perry. And Hilary Swank. And Hilary Swank. Yeah. Yeah. I've not seen the movie. I haven't seen any of the show either. I haven't either, but I I think we should do this for our Halloween movie. Yes. This year. This year. Is it a good... Do you know if the movie is a good intro into... I mean, the movie came first, right? The movie did come first, but are you saying into the show? No, I think it's an awful introduction into the show. I don't think... (laughs) I don't think Joss Whedon got his way much on the movie. I don't think he was really happy with it. But we should do that, and we should have my wife, uh, Hillary, from previously on X-Men come over because she's the ultimate Buffy fan, so she can fill us in. Okay. All right. That's what we're doing. Okay. Set in stone. The motion carries. Okay. (laughs) All right, Nick, take us beyond the zip code. In 2019, Ian Ziering appeared as Gavin Cross in the Netflix movie Malibu Rescue, as well as its subsequent ongoing series of the same name. Uh, and I, I, I picked this one now because it's just, I mean, it's another teen show set on the beach. So it seems very <laughs> relevant to our episodes today. But anyway, aspiring junior lifeguards compete against snobby local kids for bragging rights in the ultimate tower at Malibu Beach, California. And both the movie and the series are on Netflix with our pal Ian Ziering. I would like you to commit right now on air to watch all the Sharknado movies with me. Yes. Really? Yeah, of Just course. like that? Yeah, you I've say seen, when. I've seen the first one all the way through. I haven't seen a single one. <laughs> it's it's great. It's just great. I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. We're going to start today uh, at a little place off Melrose. So where you living these days, man? A little place off Melrose. Our synopsis for Lost and Found, this is episode three, Jake and Kelly's rocky relationship hits a tipping point when Jake conspires with Sandy to convince Kelly that he is no good. A necessary thing to do? No. <laughs> but it's it's the choice that he makes. It is. All right. So let's see who's living in a little place off Melrose today. Well, first of all, this episode was directed by Charles Braverman and written by Frederick Rappaport. The episode is included in Dean James' novelization, Tough Love. 90210 regulars Jenny Garth, Ian Ziering, and Brian Austin Green reprise their roles as Kelly, Steve, and David for the final time. No Tori Spelling in this episode. And this cuts all ties between the two shows. This is the last mention we get, I think. I think. But it's certainly the last of any kind of crossover. So this is... uh, this is the end. This and I got to say, Kendra, I'm a little sad that we're that we're done with Melrose Place now. Yeah. You know, I I've enjoyed doing these these three little episodes. I have too. But maybe someday we'll we'll, uh, we'll come back around to it. But anyway, uh, finally in the in the Melrose Place cast, the only one we haven't talked about so far is Vanessa Williams, no not that Vanessa Williams, uh, as Melrose Place cast member Rhonda Blair. So uh, Rhonda Blair is a character who's there for the first season and then so long Rhonda. She appeared in other shows uh, such as Days of Our Life, 40 and Single, Chicago Hope, and recurs on CW's The Flash as Francine West, mother of Iris and Wally West. Oh, yeah. You know, when I saw the name Vanessa Williams, I was like, oh, Vanessa Williams? But then I I quickly was like, oh, no, it's not Vanessa Williams. (laughs) Yep, yep. Different one. Uh, And finally, we have Denise Gentile as Margot. Uh, she played Lisa Hampton on Babylon 5. She was on ER, Murder, She Wrote, many episodes of Santa Barbara and a lot of other TV of the time. Uh, Margot is part of Jake's little conspiracy to uh, get Kelly to think he's a bad guy. So, yes. Anyway, that's it. We've now gone through the whole cast of Melrose Place uh, in these little things here. So shall we get into the episode? Let's do it. And remember, we're just talking about okay, the I Kelly for- and Jake plot line we're not talking about the entire episode listeners if you're just now tuning in 
that's right. If you're if you're looking for a deep dive for Melrose Place, we are not the podcast for you yet. Yes, we're not. All there right, yet. let's do it. And I I did forget until just this moment that I am the one who's taking us through this episode. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I <laughs> but I have my notes at the ready. I okay, have your notes. <laughs> Melrose Place episode three, Lost and Found. We found Jake and Sandy down in the laundry room doing some laundry in a very flirtatious manner if i do say so myself i think sandy uh, does everything sandy, in a flirtatious Sandy's, manner well yes that's that's her one setting but <laughs> sandy notices that jake is washing things like sheets and linens and that sort of thing so she assumes that means jake's gonna get busy because she says that he only does that kind of laundry when he's expecting someone to come over so she thinks that things are getting serious between jake and kelly jake assumption. holds the it is a fair assumption though jake holds the line that they're just friends uh, but that Kelly wants more, but Jake plans to end it once and for all. But he wants to end it without hurting her. Kenra, do you think he's going to succeed at that? I, no. <laughs> you don't think, you don't think so? Anyway, this whole we're, we're just friends thing in the last episode of, of Melrose Place when he was like, I don't want to lose your friendship. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Lame. Anyway, anyway, uh, Steve, David, and Kelly are out shopping because, of course, the three of them would go shopping together. Yes. Uh, Steve and David continue to warn her about Jake's say, you know, you gotta, you gotta move on from this guy. It's not good for you. David has a cute line where he says, look, I'm your brother and it's my responsibility, which again, so I find, I find it very endearing there, the thing that they've got. So I like that a lot. Uh, later we have Jake and Kelly doing grocery shopping for a nice romantic dinner at home. Cause what better way to let someone know you're not interested in them to have them over for a nice intimate dinner at home. Right. My word. Don't you think that that makes sense? Makes okay, so sense. Uh, Kelly, I know Kelly's uh, looking forward to dinner at Jake's, and there's a fun little thing where Kelly's like she she's looking forward to making it together, and mm-hmm. then she's like, "Uh, dinner." <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was funny. Um, Kelly tries to pay, which I mean, come on, Kelly, did you learn nothing she, from? She she just like. I don't know. I don't know. She just doesn't pick up on that. Well, yeah. I mean, she's naive and she's immature and she's not getting it. But I would think after last week with the whole him freaking out about her fronting the money for bail and stuff, like, stop throwing your money around, Kelly. Anyway, we get up to the cash register. Groceries are rang up at $44. We see Jake's wallet, which has two crisp $20 bills. Um, Here, Kelly does get a little bit of sense, and rather than offering to pay, she's like, oh, I can't have this ice cream. That's too many calories. It's beach season. She puts the ice cream back, and we can ring it up. Back at Jake's, we get some old-school saxophone. Yes, there is a lot of it. While they're uh, they're making it. It's heavy. It is heavy. (laughs) Um, They're cooking, and Kelly's sort of like all over him, really, like arms around him and kissing him and stuff, and he's like cooking dinner. Cooking dinner, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, and basically, <laughs> we get uh, you felt it, I felt it. Let's feel it together. Yowzer, Kelly. Ugh. Yowzer. Ugh. Yes. Uh, it seems like it's heading that way when we're interrupted by a phone and, and a message. Jake is uh, sort of obviously confirming with someone an appointment for ten thirty, uh, which seems. Like, you get the impression that he wants Kelly to overhear this. So right away, you're like, hmm, shenanigans, I suspect. Um, the game is a let's see, while 
I know. While Jake is on the phone with this whole plan, Kelly goes around turning the lights off, making things, uh, making things more conducive to making it together, as uh, <laughs> uh, as Kelly put it. <laughs> Kelly puts on a Kelly puts on a CD to seduce Jake. Now, I did not recognize the song that was playing. I assume it was music replacement. I could tell you in the novelization, it is specifically a Phil Collins CD, Ooh. which Jake. <laughs> I know. And it's Jake's like go to seduction playlist. And he's he's like, oh, no, I somebody just left this here. I don't even I don't even like Phil Collins. So it's funny, funny that in the, sh- in the show, he's like he turns it off and he's like, oh, come yeah. on. I just ate. And I was like, what is that? What does that yeah. mean? I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Can't listen. To music oh, boy. Just ate. <laughs> All right. They sit on the couch and Kelly starts right in. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yep. They they commiserate over their loneliness, and it kind of seems like things are heading back in the right direction when who should knock but Margot? Margot knocks on the door, and she is P.O.'d. Apparently, she and Jake had a date, and uh, Jake sort of pulls a Danny Zuko with a, you know, he's kind of like, hey, baby, I'm just rocking and rolling yeah. and whatnot. <laughs> uh, she's, she's angry. Um, Jake follows her outside, and we learn that this was a setup. She's an actress friend of Sandy's. She showed up with this bottle of wine and this whole prearranged thing to show Kelly what a jerk Jake is. Uh, so she stomps off inside. Kelly is rightfully angry uh, and also very sad. And She's Jake so comes sad. back in. She's so sad. Jake comes back in and just sort of plays it off like, uh, hey, Sugar, that's me. You know, that's just who I am. I feel nothing for you. Uh, which is, again, this plan was to not hurt Kelly's feelings. Am I remembering that right, Kendra? I, I don't know. It's like in Harry okay. and the Hendersons when they're like, get out of here, yeah. you stupid yeah, animal. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, Kelly's obviously really hurt by this. Like, why'd you ever come over here? Do I mean nothing to you? All this. And she's kind of like, fine, I'm leaving, but I want you to know I loved you. I Which was uh, a very sad line. Ugh. I know, I know. All right, let's let's say let's save our discussion of this till we get to the end of the episode. But I do want to talk about that. So put put a pin in that, Kendra, in your brain. Okay. All right, back at Shooters, uh, Jake shows up to find Sandy, and he explains what he did to Kelly. Um, and we we get the sense here that this is this is very much over. Finally, Kelly's just like not going to take this anymore, and 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 she's out. Jake's explaining what he did to Sandy. Sandy says he did the right thing. And I, anyway, uh, he feels bad about it. And he has a really sad line where he says that Kelly was the only person who ever made him feel good about himself. And what I really like in the novelization, too, is that it goes it goes a lot further into this, like what she really meant to him and how he felt like a better person and he felt like a happy person and more, I don't know, just like worthy of, of that kind of a relationship when he was with Kelly, but just the age and the in the... The timing of it all didn't work out. So it's, it's very sad. It's very sad. Um, back at Melrose Place, um, Jake has seen Sandy doing something selfless for Jane. And in a whole plot that happens in this, Jane and Michael are having some trouble. Jane sort of goes out for a night out of the town, takes her wedding rings off, loses it. Uh, Sandy finds it as shooters and brings it back and covers for Jane, basically saying, I found it in the laundry room and everything's fine. And Jake sees Sandy do this for Jane and they have a bit of a moment uh, where Jake's, they're like looking at each other over a balcony, side yeah. <laughs> each other up thinking like, yeah, you and I, we're in this together. Uh, and Jake heads into the apartment 
And uh, that's a that's a wrap on the uh, Jake Kelly crossover for Melrose Place. Yeah, kind of a not definitely not an all is forgiven ending. I mean, it ends no. uh, not mutually. No, no. I have a lot of I have a lot of issues with this plot because I feel like they sort of I don't know. I feel like they sort of did two very different things and, and never really found a road that made both of them make sense because. Let me ask you this, Kedrick. Do you think that Kelly really loved Jake, and do you think that they had, like, a real connection? Or do you think it was just, like, a puppy love thing? I would have said a puppy love thing. See, I kind of felt the other way. I sort of felt like it was real. Mm. I I kind of thought, and maybe the novelizations have influenced this for me a little bit, because both Mel Gildan's novelization of, um, you know, the, the Jake episode's from 90210 and Dean James novelization for these episodes goes a lot more into what each one of them is thinking. So I guess I can't really get that out of my brain, but the impression that, that those like coupled with the show got for me, that this actually was a thing that could have really been very meaningful for both of them. And it's kind of cut off because of timing and everything, but I don't feel like they really explored it adequately. Do you? No, I don't. Like, I didn't want it to go on as is. I certainly, like, I was I was kind of bored of it after the first episode of Melrose Place when it becomes very clear, like, what's going to happen. But I think it, I think in an alternate world where they actually really did explore a relationship between these two and it ends in a more mature, like, we just doesn't matter, we just can't do this. I think that would have been a really good moment. And I think it would have been really good movement for both characters, like Jake as we're setting him up on Melrose Place, and Kelly as we're kind of getting over the I don't know, like fashion obsessed, early, like vapid Kelly. You know, I think right. this could have really been a good transition for her and a good setup for him, but instead she comes across as very immature, and I guess so does he, you know? Yeah. Yep, I, I agree with that. So, but you don't think it was real. That your your read on it, like sans the novelizations, you feel like it was just a very surface thing. Um, I think I don't know. I mean, I think yeah. Kelly was just very enthralled with an older yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you're right. Maybe I'm romanticizing it more than is necessary. But regardless, I think one thing that maybe they didn't count on was just how good of chemistry those two had. Yeah. Because I think you're sort of meant to feel okay with with it going the way it goes from a Melrose Place standpoint because you see that Jake and Sandy have something. But the problem is Jake and Sandy, like actor-wise, those two do not have chemistry. Mm. Do you think? Mm-mm. So, Sandy I don't know. Just, trans- Sandy just bothers me in general, so. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think I she bothered the producers annoying. as well because, as I said, <laughs> she's a, a very short-lived character. But it kind of <laughs> takes away some of that, some of the impact of that because, like, you don't want Jake to be with her. No. You know? Yeah. And in in and in 90210, which, we, I mean, we'll, we'll get into this in a little bit, but you sort of see where Kelly Kelly's interests are moving and it feels kind of similar to uh, where we're at now. But anyway, I sort of feel like ultimately this... This was a disappointing arc for Jake and Kelly. I think so, too. I think they could have done something different and had it be more satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. I think they could have told almost the same story, but just given it a little bit more weight. So who knows? Who knows what goes on behind the scenes of these who things? Knows? But yeah. 
anyway, so that that's going to be uh, in, in, until the day comes when we decide to uh, go back and and do a Melrose Place <laughs> podcast. This sort of brings our our Melrose Place to the close. So, final thoughts, Kendra, on Melrose Place? What you I, saw so far? Uh, I definitely was interested in in the characters and in the show. So, okay. I will right. go back when we get there nice. eventually. Okay. <laughs> All right. Did you have a no snap for this one? Um, just just the way Kelly was all over him. Yeah, yeah. I think for me, it, for me, it would be the "I loved you." Oh yeah. So Ugh, that was very dramatic. Yes, quite yes, dramatic. It yes, it was. All right. Shall we get back to our favorite zip code now? <gasps> Living in Beverly Hills. Our synopsis for Too Little Too Late slash Paris 75001 is Jack McKay reaches out to Dylan when he needs a letter for his parole hearing. Dylan struggles to find good things to say and commiserates with Kelly over their bad fathers. Meanwhile, Brandon struggles with his feelings for Andrea when he learns that she'll be leaving for the summer for an internship with Jay. Across the ocean, Brenda and Donna adjust to life in Paris. Okay, well, our guest cast for this week, uh, starting with uh, director David Atias, who actually directed Melrose Place last week. Yeah. So uh, the director here is bouncing between the two shows, so that's cool. Uh, he directed the whole episode, but as I mentioned earlier, the episodes uh, were actually split in two writing-wise. So Too Little Too Late was written by Jonathan Roberts and Maria Semple, a well-known author of books like Where'd You Go, Bernadette? Uh, Paris 75001 was written by Karen Rosen. That's so interesting. This episode was all... Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that holds true for all of the Paris episodes or not, but I mean, it is a very different, it's a different setting and, you know, limited characters. It did, it was very, uh, very isolated, you know, Mm -hmm. from the rest of the episode. So, you know, Uh, it was included in Mel Gildan's novelization, More Than Words. Recurring cast members, James Pickens Jr., Peter Krause, and Josh Taylor return uh, as Henry, Jay, and Blackjack Taylor, as uh, French rivals referred to him. Uh, as far as guest cast, we have Faith Ford as Anne. Were you a Murphy Brown fan, Kendra? Probably not. You're, you're probably. Is this the the girl that is also on the front the Paris trip? Yeah. She looked very familiar, but I don't know what Murphy Brown is. So the, the <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, Murphy Brown's an old sitcom. But anyway, uh, <laughs> Faith. <laughs> Faith Ford appears here as Anne. She was a she was a regular character in Murphy Brown and its recent uh, new revival of Murphy Brown. She was on the show Hope and Faith and Carpool. She makes one appearance here as Anne, the nerdier of the three, the blonde the blonde girl. We have Randy Spelling as Kenny. So this was kind of a blink and you miss him moment. Kenny was one of the people sort of working in the background when Andrea was there. I noticed him because. He becomes a more prominent recurring character, but in a different role. So we'll see him three times as Kenny, then 11 more times as Randy. Uh, And I'm not going to tell you any more about Randy because it's kind of a spoiler. Oh, okay. Uh, He played Sean Richards on Sunset Beach and also is Tori Spelling's little brother. In real life? Uh, Oh, yeah. In real life. They have the same last name. Yeah. When you you see him more, it's very clear. I mean, they, they, they look very similar, but... Uh, on our Paris trip, we have Krista Erickson as Maggie. This is her first of three appearances uh, in, in Nanotuno, specifically the Paris episodes. She was on Different Strokes, Hello, Larry, and 21 Jump Street. 
We have Meg Whitner as Ellen Shaw. She is in for two episodes as one of the other students. Uh, she was on Jag in Seventh Heaven, but is probably most well-known for Melrose Place, where she played the recurring role of Nancy Donner for, I want to say, nine episodes. Uh, we have Melissa Young as Lynette, another of the Paris students, who's also there for two episodes with credits including Columbo and Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Wait, and earlier finally, I thought we were talking about Lynette. So who who is Anne? Who's there was, Ford? yeah, there was like three. There was there was one who she she had like big glasses and blonde like yeah, a long blonde that ponytail. Lynette? Is it? I think it is. No, I don't think so. Because there are, there are four. There are four total. Oh, there are. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought there were. Yes, only three. maybe. Yeah, maybe we crossed her path somewhere else. But she was. I remember seeing her in the door once, and I was like, "Oh, that's Faith Ford." So I okay. don't know. Okay. Anyway. Finally, we have Daryl Thomas Utley as Cameron Shaw. He he's uh, recurring in Nine and for the this is his first of three episodes. He was also in P- Pacific Blue and on the soap opera Days of Our Lives, like Sands in the Hourglass. Kendra, yes, those are the days of our lives. <laughs> well, the girl I was talking about that I said looked familiar was the one who like comes in the room and talks with them for a little bit. Oh yeah, okay. So no, whoever that yeah. was, she looked yeah, familiar right. to me. Got it. All right, should we get into the episode? Let's do it. All right. We start at the beach. All of the beach campers are burying Brandon in the sand. It's pretty funny. Fully dressed. Fully, Fully dressed, dressed, yeah. That would be <laughs> the worst day of my life. Oh, uh, awful. Uh, sand up your shorts. Never get it all out. Exactly. In your shoes. Forget about it. Uh, suddenly, we're seeing things from the perspective of Cameron, who we can tell is deaf because suddenly there's just no sound. He's watching yep, all, all the kids out. playing and all the sound cuts out, which I thought was uh, an interesting way for them to show that. Yeah, yeah um, it was. I liked it. And he asks his mom. He's watching the kids very sadly. And then he finally asks his mom for a book so he can mm-hmm. read a book. Yeah. And so back to the kids, they're burying Brandon, and then they just leave him there. Um, and he has to <laughs> <laughs> dig his way out. Brandon then tries to talk to Andrea about, uh, I don't know what you're doing this weekend, but then she sees Jay, and she's like, bye, and goes <laughs> goes off to be with Jay. Then uh, Cindy and Brandon have a little interchange. Is this Cindy's only yeah. thing in this whole <laughs> I wrote, episode? I wrote that down. It was big. <laughs> Basically a Cindy cameo. She's like, hey, Brandon. Okay, bye. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. I'm at the beach You gotta go play cards with your dad. (laughs) (laughs) Then Steve walks up with a newspaper showing Brandon that Dylan's dad is up for parole. Cut to... Which I guess made made newspaper headlines. Yeah, it's a big deal, I guess. Okay. Cut to the jail. And this is the same actor as before? (laughs) Yes, as only I think the only time we ever saw him was the Christmas episode. And it, it this is the same guy from the Christmas episode. Yes, this okay. is this is the second time we've seen Josh Josh Taylor as Jack. He looked McKay. a little different, we, so I wasn't sure. He did look a little different. Yeah, he had more of like a cowboy vibe, you know. Yeah. This time around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So Dylan's there to visit, and Jack asks him to write a, I guess, like a character letter for his parole hearing um, yep. saying good things about him and uh dylan can you can tell he doesn't feel super comfortable doing that yeah he is very he's very reluctant to do this um but he does agree to do it 
And then Jack asks about Brenda. Cut to Paris. We and see, there she is. And there she is. We see different shots of Paris. Do you know if they actually film this in Paris? They wouldn't have done that. You know right? what? I looked it up and it was mostly filmed on the Universal Studios lot. I figured but it be- was. <laughs> before we move on entirely from Jack, I had to take issue with one thing that he said to Dylan in, in the course of this thing. He says, you know, I really need you to do this for me. And he's like, and if the positions were reversed, you know I would be there for you. Oh, and Dylan yeah. was kind of like, yeah, yeah, you would. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Wait, that has not been, that has never been anything that we've said about Jack, that he would care about what was going on with Dylan. So I was pretty surprised that he would say that. And then I was more surprised that Dylan was like, that's true. You're right. <laughs> so, anywho. <laughs> anywho, Paris. Um, so they've gotten to Paris. They're in a cab going to their hotel. Donna doesn't feel good. I guess people were allowed to smoke on the plane. and that Smoking has, all over the place. And that has made her feel nauseous. So then, of course, the taxi driver starts smoking. And they nicely ask him if he would not smoke. And he kicks them out of the cab. He pulls yeah. over, throws all their stuff out, kicks them out of the cab, drives off. It's shenanigans. Shenanigans. So then we get to, they finally do get to the hotel. I don't know if they, there's no way they walked with all that stuff. They have like 30, 20 suitcases. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah. So I guess I they know. found a new taxi or something. Donna, this whole episode is complain, complain, complain. She wants to go home. She's not feeling good. She misses uh, David. Um, the hotel, what's the word? The woman in charge of the hotel, the hotel owner. Oh, yeah, hostess or, hostess, or whatever. Whatever. She's uh, talking to them. She's trying to talk to them in French, but they're like, please, English. We're so tired. She finally shows them to their <laughs> room. It's not a great room, but it's not the See, worst room. <laughs> I thought it was totally fine. I, I thought like there was plenty of room in it. And even when they opened the window and there's a brick wall, it was like there was sun and there were vines and. Listen, and I would really, Airbnb that. I would I would Airbnb that room. That's yes. all I'm going to say. I I would too. I mean, it wasn't like le- the ceiling wasn't leaking and, you know, I mean, it was it was a fine room. But uh not for Beverly Hills yeah, people, agreed. I guess. Mm-mm. Um so and Donna also makes a comment about there's only like one chest of drawers for their clothes. Yeah, for, yeah. yeah. And she's freaking out about that. So then the other girls that are in the immersion program come to their door to laugh at them for getting this room, I guess. Sure. <laughs> and one of the girls, I can't remember who it is, she stays and talks with them for a little bit and asks them what high school they went to. And they sh- very sheepishly admit that they go to West Beverly. And she kind of laughs at that. And yeah. then she asks them for a cigarette. I didn't fully understand why they were so reluctant to say where they went to high school just because it's like ritzy yeah i that that's what i thought okay like they would the only the only oh, thing that made sense beverly hills kids yeah only thing that made sense but i still didn't really get it so. this immersion program is weird it is they could just weird. they they just like go walk around on their own i guess it's just it's yeah. a taken situation waiting to happen is all i'm saying have you seen taken it, you're right nick you're right you're absolutely right. No, but I understand the premise. I okay. get the joke. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then we cut to next scene is Andrea and Jay are on a date. Yes, they are. They're out to eat at a restaurant. They're talking about Jay says he might be able to get her an internship 
he's working with is it cnn they're covering the cnn republican CNN. national convention yes and that's what he's going to be doing over the summer and he thinks that he can get her an internship as well which she's very yeah. interested in and then she says something about yeah. infiltrating the enemy camp and jay is like uh i'm a republican actually mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah. andrea's like well i'm a liberal but uh, they they kind of joke with each other she says yeah. that republicans are notoriously lousy lovers and uh -huh. then he gets up and loudly so weird makes her shames her into kissing him in front of the whole rest yeah he's like stand up and i'll prove i'm a good lover <laughs> and then they like make out at a restaurant i i thought that was very bizarre and everyone clapped yeah it was kind of weird Kind of weird. Yeah. But, you know, Audrea seemed to be tickled by it. So. Yeah, it worked. It worked. Yeah. Back at the beach, um, the campers are looking at Cameron and his mom are signing to each other. And they kind of make a comment about how that's weird that uh, they're using sign language. And, of course, mm -hmm. Andrea hears this and corrects them that it's not weird. Yes. It's just how they talk. Right. Then she walks up to Cameron, and of course, Andrea knows sign language and starts talking to him of course in, she does. Yes, in sign language yeah. and uh, suggests to his mom that he join beach camp. But uh, his mom says, no, she she doesn't want him to, you know, she says he's he's a lot of work. You have to keep your eye on him. And uh, so she says no to that. Mm -hmm. And that's the end of that scene. Yep. Back in Paris. Donna and Brenda are walking around seeing the sights. Donna's feet hurt because she's wearing heels walking around Paris. Ugh, you know what, Kendra? Uh, while they were not high heels, I went to a, an, an ALA library conference in Seattle, and it was all walking. It was all walking. And I did not plan accordingly, and I just wore, like, work shoes. After, like, two days, my feet were just, like, stubby bricks of death. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to like find a shoe store and buy cushy shoes. Otherwise, I would have just died. So I, <laughs> I could, re I could relate to Donna in this moment. I too have m made a similar mistake. Remember when you and I and my husband went to that um, convention in Ohio, and I yeah, had, like just uh -huh. had a procedure done on my foot, and I yes. was like hobbling around. <laughs> yes. Oh my word, that was yep. the worst. By the end yep. of the day, yep. I was like, well, this foot that got you know, operated on really hurts. And then my other foot really yeah. hurts from taking the weight off of that foot. It was rough. Great convention, oh, we though. Cast, we, we met the cast of Smallville. Oh, so. my word. It was what totally you, worth it. I met Sean Astin twice. Absolutely. Oh, my word. Absolutely. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It was yeah. amazing. Amazing. Mm -hmm. That was Wizard World in Ohio. If we ever get to yeah. have conventions again, <laughs> I would highly I, suggest that you This is irrelevant to, to this Wizard podcast, but I but I almost went this year and it was like right as everything was being announced and I was really close to going because um the guy who plays Superman and the CW was going to be there and there's a bunch of cool people. I almost went, but I was like, "No, this virus seems like maybe it's a big deal, so I don't think I will." <laughs> and it was. So did they even? It's a good call. It's a good they, call on my part, Kendra. Did they have it, or did it get canceled? No, they did. They did do it, but it was kind of the last thing like that. Last hurrah! Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, so Donna's feet are really hurting, so they they have a seat to to rest her feet for a second. Um, she sees a stranger, and she thinks it's David because his shirt is very similar. Every mm -hmm. everyone she sees, she thinks it's it's David, even though it's not. Yeah. And no, it's not. Brenda keeps kind of making fun of her for for how mm -hmm. much she is missing david and wanting to call david 
Uh, this is I also wrote here. I, they just get I'm, to wander around alone, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Just whatever. Just whatever. Maybe it's like maybe it's an off day. Maybe it's like a Saturday. I don't know. It well, doesn't she says seem like something any... about they told them to see all the sites before classes start. Yes. So okay. Well, I okay. assume well, they're that, going to have yeah. class. That makes a little sense, I guess. I have to say, I'm still I'm back to being a little confused about the status of Dylan and Brenda because they like they. It didn't break up or anything, but it did feel a little bit like, I don't know. I felt a little bit like they were kind of pausing things. Did you or no? I didn't feel like it was a pause. I just felt like okay. it was, you know, I, I don't know. I didn't think it was. I don't think they're broken up. I think they're definitely okay. 100% still together. Okay. At least they're supposed to be. Right. <laughs> um. So they start walking again. They're going to find uh, Balzac's house. Who is mm-hmm. who is that again? What did he do? Author. Is he a composer? Oh, author. Okay, I did. I couldn't remember if he was a composer or not or an author. Brenda then gives Donna this whole speech about like we're in Paris and you don't see me calling Dylan and we need to take advantage of every second. And then they see that they found Balzac's house. They're standing right in front of it. And, there it uh, is. It's closed. They can't even go inside. That was a weird oh, scene. Oh, no. It, it was a strange scene, yeah. <laughs> it felt like it was supposed to be comedic, but it, I don't know. Anyway. I felt like overall, I guess we could say this at the end of the episode, but I felt like the Paris stuff was the weaker of the two stories in this. Yes, I agree. All right. I agree. Back at the beach, Andrea is with her campers, and Jay comes to the beach to find her and tell her that he got her a job. He got her the internship. After doing the whole guess who thing, which I just want to, <laughs> nobody likes that. Nobody likes it. It's not you endearing. She guessed, she guessed Dan Quayle, which I thought was kind of funny, you know. I don't know who that is. Because he's a Republican. Oh. <laughs> Dan Quayle was a, Dan Quayle was a vice president under uh, under Bush Sr. Really? Known known for spelling potato wrong. What? How, how old are you, Kendra? I was going to say, I feel like this isn't, making me seem uneducated but i have never heard that well name before you've never heard the name dan quayle never heard that name before wow yes yeah he was a vice president under bush senior and he was at like a, a a school he was in a school classroom and a kid spelled potato and he was like no there's an e on on the end and they were like oh there's not and that's basically what dan quayle is known for now <laughs> well that sucks <laughs> that he misspelled potato that sucks to be known for that yeah anyway Okay, so he got her the job. So he's telling her this. They're hugging, and she's so excited. And Brandon looks on sadly because I guess he has feelings for Andrea now, which is yeah, it's annoying because he has spent so much it time saying that he doesn't yeah. have feelings for her, and now all of a sudden they're like, no, he's gonna have feelings for her. I had a very similar situation to this in high school, only I was Andrea, where suddenly when I was interested in someone else, someone was like, oh, what, 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 why don't you take me to the movies instead? And I was like, now? Now? So Nick, I, I the same thing happened I, to me. I was an Andrea. Did it really? Yeah. You were the Andrea as I, well? I started dating this other guy, and then this other guy that I liked yeah. started messaging me and being like, yeah. let's date. And I was like, no. Uh, <laughs> yep. Yep, too little, too so late. So sorry. Oh, just yeah. like the name, name, name of the episode. Okay, so. so later on, 
Andrea and Jay are making out by his car, I guess. And they, Br- they Brandon are, is still back, watching back on, them. Oh, back sorry. on the beach when he tells her about the job and they like kiss about it. It is the most chaste kiss I've ever seen. <laughs> like they kiss about it. I would believe that their lips did not touch. I would believe they didn't. <laughs> I'll have to go back and touch. watch that. It was like he was her grandma and she had a cold. Like that's Ooh. the kind of kiss that it was. It was terrible. <laughs> but anyway. So Brandon's like watching them kiss by the car. He's just a yeah. stalker now. I get. Well, yes. I, he's like doing work, but also yeah. watching them. Um so then Steve comes up and says that he thinks Andrea is trying to make Brandon jealous. Because right. everything's about Brandon, I guess. Yeah. Later on, Andrea. I have to say, I'm I'm really I'm really sad that we just have walked away from doing anything with Andrea and Steve. Like in, in season, I'm, I'm sad that that didn't happen in season two. I really think that would have been a much more interesting thing for these characters to be doing now. But I agree. You know. Anyway. I thought something was going to happen because in the last episode, Steve was like, "We need to find me a girl," and then Andrea yeah. walked by. So I know. I know. But whatever. We'll see. Andrea's with her beach campers, and Cameron comes up and says signs that he wants to join the group and that his mom said that it was okay. And Andrea Cameron. Said, Everyone in the water. She Cameron. Lets him join. Then Cameron's mom runs up frantic because she's been looking everywhere for him and uh, she couldn't find him. And uh, she, Andrea's apologizing, even though it's not, not really her fault. I mean, yeah. she didn't really do anything, but she here again is trying to convince the mom to let Cameron participate. She says they'll come up with a buddy think, system. They'll come up with rules. Yeah. Like they'll it, make sure he's okay. It's funny because before her, before the mom came up, I was like, I wouldn't trust a teenager with like eight children on the ocean. Like no way. It really seems you know, like then- she should have another person with her it seems like there should be like for every three kids there's an adult or something you know yeah. it's just it's not enough dangerous. It's, the ocean is very dangerous but i thought andrea also oversteps a little bit here because a she little. starts by apologizing but then is really then is really like just because he has special needs doesn't mean that he like can't have fun and i don't know she gets it's almost like a brandon speech she gets uh, a little judgy with cameron's mom here she but does. I, you know her her intentions are good, but if that were me, I would have been like, okay, you're a 40-year-old teenager. Why don't you back <laughs> off and uh, let me parent my child, okay? Uh, well, it works, though, because the mom finally relents and says that he can join beach camp. Which he is so... This kid yep. is super cute. I mean, his sad face really makes you he's feel a cute sad. Kid. Yeah. So yeah, he's cute. He's he's very excited to be able Kind to of a Dennis the Menace. Dennis the Menace vibe. Yeah. You know, right right down to the striped shirt. I feel like that was intentional because very, very Dennis the Menacey. Yes. Okay, we go back to Paris next. Donna wants to go shopping. They're I think this is when they're at the yes, they're at the restaurant. They're eating. Just Brenda and Donna and um, Donna's talking about how she wants to go shopping. The menu is all in French, of course. The waiter is very uh, you know, not patient with them. He can tell that they don't speak French and he's over it. Mm-hmm. Brenda orders something in French and then Donna has to get out her guidebook and look up, you know, words and stuff. And she finally orders something which she thinks is veal. And Brenda yeah. says, 
Yes, I want that as well. Make it two veals. Two veals. Let's just stay it's... with this scene. We we cut, but when we come back, they Let's wait. Yeah. They wait forever for their food. It's a very long time. And then finally, yep, they bring time. out their food and it does not look like veal, but he says it is the waiter says it is veal. Immediately yeah. I knew it was cow brains, but they they ate okay. it. And uh they So is it like yeah, didn't like right. it. And then d- and uh, Brenda looks up the words and she's like, here's this is a, this is a thing that drives me crazy. Just a little like, you know, stage or in this case, like a movie thing. I hate when people have to use a book as a prop and they don't use it in a way that makes sense. <laughs> you know, like like when Andrea closes her book without a bookmark or when they're supposed to be like reading through, but they stop at like the second to last page or something here. Both times they look it up, they look on like page three for the word veal. <laughs> And it just makes me it just makes me crazy because that's at the end of the alphabet. So it should be at the end of the book. <laughs> Spoken but like a true director. It just yeah. I hate those kinds of things. So it just stand out to me and they just irritate me. So that's all. That's my soapbox. Yeah. So I guess they I guess the whole Paris stuff is supposed to be the com- the comedic relief in this episode. I guess. Because it's they played look, for laughs you know that they ate cow brains. So it is. And I, I have to say, I'm often not a fan of when Tori Spelling is like, and I shall be funny now. Yeah. <laughs> I usually think it's over the top and doesn't really land. But Brenda reads it and picks up her napkin and spits it out quickly and is like, it's brain. Tori Spelling is just like, bleh, and just spits the food straight out of her mouth. <laughs> and that killed me. I thought it was really funny. So I got to give her, I got to give her props for that because that cracked me up. Oh boy. All right. Back to the beach. Wait a minute. Yes. There uh wait, 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 what about what don't don't forget imaginary David. We see uh Donna Donna sees imaginary David walking in and he is dressed so ridiculously. Do you remember this? No. What? He's wearing like a yeah, he's wearing like a it's like a I don't even know, it's like a Nehru jacket. It's crazy. It's uh he has like a white shirt on and a jacket with like a high collar and uh like white not buttons but like white spots is where buttons should be and then he's just like walking through and of course it's not david but his outfit was just like you know prince called he wants I his dinner jacket that? back i don't know what oh, i was well, looking at when that happened because i totally missed that yeah and it's one of the it's maybe the only i don't think david has dialogue in this does he we see him twice but i don't think he talks mm, no i don't think so so anyway, David walks through wearing a ridiculous outfit. That's all. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, now back to the beach. Well, the campers are having a water balloon fight, which Brandon is also taking part in, and they are all ganging up on Andrea and throwing water balloons at Andrea. And uh, then Brandon and Andrea have a discussion about her going to do this internship, and oh, Brandon... Brandon throws at her like man kind of crappy of you to do that to cameron just leave i know know. you know i know you you got him to join and now you're leaving him back and she says that's like think of the children yeah (laughs) she she is she's not not happy with him no no i'm not rightly so he's a jerk yeah that was a jerk. my notes say brandon equals jerk yeah (laughs) definitely a jerk thing to do Later on, Dylan is trying to write a letter to his dad, and he's got, like, ten failed attempts surrounding him on this table. And Kelly 
comes to talk to him about it, and they decide to go get a soda together. And Kelly here brings up Jake and yep. says, well, I think Dylan asks about Jake. And she says, and I that, thought it was, yeah, I thought it was really nice to get some closure on that with Dylan because Dylan's the reason why we have Jake at all. So I think, I think that's been missing. The fact that Dylan has not been a part of the Melrose Place crossovers, nor has he been privy to any of the conversations about Jake. So I was really glad that they did this. Yeah. Yeah. It brings all of that to a, to a close. Um, and Kelly thanks Dylan for looking out for her with, with Jake. Mm-hmm. Kelly, whose wardrobe in this episode consists solely of different kinds of bikinis. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like because of what's happening with her and Dylan, I feel like they were trying to make her look a little more sexy. Yeah. I think even, even her hair and everything, it was like they're really trying to vamp her up a little bit in the, in these episodes. Yeah. I noticed that too. Okay, so then because later, later she's in just a straight up leopard print bikini. Yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote it down. I wrote leopard print bikini. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so Brandon comes to, I guess, apologize to Andrea. They're like talking in this like ramp where no one else is, no one can see them. Yeah, a little quarter. And he says that he just really wishes that she was staying and not leaving. And then Nick Brandon kisses Andrea. And I He does. From the couch was so loud about it yeah. that Eric was in this room with his headphones on playing a game and he was like, "What?" And I was like, "Brandon's <laughs> kissing Andrea." <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe it. He's really, you know, Brandon's kissing of Andrea always happens in a way that is like so unfair to her. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah, he's drunk. Like he's, he's kissed her. her twice now when he's when he's drunk, and this is another time where like it's not about her. You know what I mean? It's just I find it very off-putting and a very like negative aspect of Brandon's character that he would do that. Yeah, it was definitely not fair. And so does she. And thank goodness she stands up for herself and is like, you are a real piece of trash, Brandon Walsh. Yeah, she's like, you're only interested in me because I'm taken. And he's like, that's not true. (laughs) Yeah. Even though it totally is. She's like, where where have you been for the last two years? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, she leaves him by saying, what makes you think you're so irresistible? Yeah. Brandon Walsh. The next day... At the beach, the campers are playing Red Rover. And terrible can- game. What? You don't like Red it's Rover? Ter- I mean, you're just asking for a concussion or oh, some yeah. sort of bodily harm. Oh, the yeah. only time I ever played, I feel like every summer at like VBS, uh, that's Vacation Bible School for the non-initiated, <laughs> but every every year at VBS, <laughs> I feel like was the only time that I ever played Red Rover in my life. And I probably still have some bruising. It's fun. Okay. It's fun. I mean, you bonk okay. heads, sure. Sure, yeah. You could break an arm, a finger. The whole, I mean, this is such a, like, an old-fashioned premise for a game. It's like, children stand in a row, and then we'll send another child to run at you as fast as he can, <laughs> and you try to get in his way. Like, that's it. Well, there's, you're supposed to run at their arms and break their arms okay. apart to not, like, Wait. tackle someone. Okay. But in your defense of it, you use the term break their arms. I'm just saying, I think there are, there are other games that you can play no, is all. definitely. Definitely. All right. Brandon and Steve are talking. That's all I wrote. 
<laughs> I don't know what they're talking it's the about. Heavy content, heavy Bra- content there. <laughs> Brandon then apologizes to Andrea, and she says it's fine. He's forgiven. They're still friends. All is forgiven. And he yeah, says, yes. "You really like Jay, don't you?" And she says, "Yes, she does really like Jay." He has kind of an almost aggressive moment back in the corridor too, where where she's like, "You know, don't keep me from my date," and he's like, "Break it," you know. It's weird. Ugh. I just think he's weird in this episode. But yeah. anyway. Back in Paris, the girls are getting ready to go out to a party, as they mm-hmm. say in France. Yeah. Donna's got a sick teasing comb. Did you see that? A yeah. tiny little teasing <laughs> comb. Really poofing that hair out. Get it, girl. Uh, they're talking about how they miss uh, the boys. Their boyfriend. The boys. Uh. And... Um, they're making fun of the other girls' accents because they have like very thick southern accents, and then they try and kind of like Sandy from Melrose Place. Yes, Jake. and then they try and talk uh, in French, and it just doesn't sound right. Oh my right. gosh, it's the... not working. You know what? You know we 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 kind of jumped over a conversation they had in the restaurant that I really liked because it sort of spoke to what we were talking about with Brenda how how she sort of is not portrayed as strong. She goes from like being under Jim's thumb to sort of running to Dylan and being like, fix that. But she says that like, she she's telling Donna that she's glad to have this experience where she can learn how to just like embrace her own interests and her own desires and not just be, not just be daddy's little girl or my boyfriend's little woman. And I was really glad that she said all that because that is exactly what she has been. So I'm kind of glad that they're using this little Paris arc to, in a way, sort of rejuvenate the the uh, the Brenda character. I hope. Yeah. I hope that's what we're doing. That's what it feels like. I think that conversation is a little, hasn't happened yet. Actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, There's, it's way early con- in my notes. Huh. Well, maybe they do, but they do have a conversation later outside of a restaurant, her and Donna, yeah. at the yeah. very end of the episode. Mm-hmm. But yes, I know what you're talking about. She talks about how she wants to be a whole person. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's later. But good thoughts, Nick. Hmm. <laughs> uh, so then I they... wonder. I wonder if we're. I wonder if are you, you. Where are you watching this episode? Hulu. Oh, okay, interesting. Because mine is definitely at the table before Tori Spelling spits the food out. Is when they have that daddy's little girl conversation. Well, maybe we're talking about two different conversations then. Maybe we are. Maybe, maybe we'll are. Maybe. Maybe we are. I don't know what. I... <laughs> okay, so they go to this party and. This guy is trying to talk to Donna in French, and she says, Où est la toilette? Because that's what she was told to say when she doesn't know what to say in French. (laughs) Yeah, that was. Yeah. Um, And then then she just starts pounding dessert. I didn't really get that. Did you? No, but it was hilarious. She's at the table, and she's like, cake, cake, different cake, different cake. (laughs) I don't know. Shoving cake into her mouth. It's so funny. Huge pieces of cakes, like no forks, and she's just like biting it like an animal. I don't (laughs) know. I mean, it was funny. I guess it just didn't. It seemed kind of out of nowhere. I didn't get it. But Brenda is turning down cigarettes. She's getting hit on by other guys, and then she's turning down three ways. Yes, <laughs> and then she thinks she sees Dylan, and she's yeah. like Dylan, and runs up to the sky, but it's not Dylan, and so now she's nope. doing the same thing that Donna was doing. That's right. This fake Dylan is wearing a beautiful uh, silk purple shirt. Yes, purple. Very nice. Mm-hmm. The and, color of royalty. Yes, as they say. That is the end of that scene. Anything else about that scene that I missed? Um, Let me check. No. Okay. 
Back at the beach, David is playing his keyboard very loudly yes. in their cabana. It's our second, our David silent cameo. Here we go. <laughs> and so Kelly gets really annoyed at that and goes to sit outside of their cabana. Dylan walks by. He's all dressed up. He's on his way to jail. He says he's going to jail <laughs> to, to and see I liked his it. dad. I got to give a shout out to the extras in that scene because there's two old ladies walking in the background and he says, I'm going to jail. And they're like, oh, my. Like, <laughs> they walk by. It was very funny. Just a little blink and you miss it kind of thing. Yeah. And then Kelly Kelly wishes him luck. And they have a little eye-looking. Mm-hmm. A little, yes. Mm-hmm. Eye-looking. Interesting. Interesting. We go to the jail. Jack says that he really liked the letter that Dylan wrote. He says, and he reads part of it about um, Jack teaching dylan how to read yeah and he says well you know it was really my mom that taught me how to read because you don't believe everything you read yeah yeah yeah. and then jack starts quoting green eggs and ham and then slam poetry he recites yeah (laughs) (laughs) yep and dylan also joins in so i guess to say that he did teach he did read to dylan but here's the thing. I can quote Green Eggs. I know. Him, I was going to say, not, you picked, I did not you picked the one Dylan that everyone read, knows. So. <laughs> you picked the yeah. easiest Dr. Seuss to quote. <laughs> right. I know. Yeah. Um, and Jack says that, you know, no matter what happens, he's glad that Dylan is there. Yes. Back to Lovely. Paris. This is where we have, they're sitting outside of a, a restaurant or outside of the yes. party. Yep. And having a conversation. Brenda says she's start really starting to miss Dylan. And this is where she says that she really wants to be a whole person. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was a profound thing for her to say. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it too. Donna says she's good, glad good that, that Brenda came instead of Kelly. Because Kelly would have been complaining and then Donna would have had to try and make Kelly feel better. And she hasn't yeah. had the energy to do that. <laughs> And I think that that points out a good dynamic, or or at least, a, a, you know, she's right about the dynamic that these characters have. I think that if this was Donna and Kelly in Paris, it would be like Kelly and her sidekick, Donna. Yes. Mm-hmm. Whereas because it's Brenda, it's more like two equals, Donna yeah. and Brenda. I don't Even really know why field. that is. Yeah, but that's how it would work. So, yeah, yeah I think that was, that was correct. That was a good assessment of the situation, Donna. Donna. And then they have a racy to the phone moment where they're they're gonna go call their guys finally they haven't called them yet it, i thought it was also a weird choice that we didn't see those phone calls not that i needed them but we didn't see them yeah. so we I just thought, I thought we hear weird. about it unusual in the next scene yeah. yep okay uh last scene beach uh the kids are now playing charades we did we just keep seeing what the what the kids are doing the beach kids yeah yeah. Cameron's mom yeah. says that it's too bad that um, she got, I don't know. I don't think she means to guilt trip Andrea, but she does. She says it's, oh, it's too bad yeah. you won't be here the rest of the summer to watch my kid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Cameron really <laughs> loves you. <laughs> David is still playing his keyboard. I guess this is his new thing, composing on his keyboard. Mm-hmm. Then we have another Dylan and Kelly moment he uh jack didn't get parole so she kind of um is telling him that she's she's sorry about that this is where she's wearing her leopard swimsuit Mm -hmm. and i definitely wrote it down Mm -hmm. yep yep and dylan says that brenda called and that 
you know, they're having the time of their lives. And he didn't tell Brenda about Jack being up for parole. He didn't yeah. tell her about any of that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Dylan, they Kelly says, like, they're having the time of their lives and we're not having any fun and Dylan mm-hmm. says, well, I'm having fun. And Kelly's like, well, me too. And they have like a little flirty look with each mm-hmm. other. Mm-hmm. Andrea then goes to talk to Cameron and pulls him aside and has a, a conversation with him and tells him that she's going to stay. Aww. She's not going to go to this internship. What did you think about that decision? Nick? I think it's completely insane. It's a little I think insane. It is- completely insane i understand why with cnn at the republican national convention to turn that down to work at the beach in the career in the career that she wants to do i mean it's not just like oh it's a good opportunity it's like this would be the difference i feel between her getting a job like right out of school and her not because like to say when you're going into journalism that you've already done a summer internship with cnn i mean i understand her reasons for wanting to stay. And I hope that they're just because she can connect with Cameron and help him out and not Brandon. But regardless, I think it is a very, very poor decision. I agree. Nice, but not the right decision. Yeah. No. Um, so she tells Brandon this and Brandon's like, uh, I got you to stay. And then her and Jay are walking on the beach and, they decide they're going to do the long distance thing because he's going away to do the internship and then he's starting school again. Um, Mm -hmm. So they're going to do long distance. And he says that he's glad the reason she's staying is because of Cameron and not because of Brandon. So even he sees there's something. Let me ask you, Kendra. Do do you think that that is 100% true? Do you think that Brandon's proclamations and him kissing her, do you think that has anything to do with her decision? Oh, uh, yeah, I do. You do? Yes. I want to I think say it'd be that crazy I don't. not for it not to. Yes, I just don't like that, you know? I just don't think Brandon is deserving of that. If not the kissing, his guilt tripping for sure has Well, yes, yeah. But yeah. I, I don't, don't like that Brandon acts the way he acts and then regardless of what she says, he still gets to feel a little bit like he was able to get her to stay, you know? Right, yeah. I think he still sort of takes it as a victory in that way, which I don't like. Yeah, I don't I like it at all. I agree. And listen, I we have seen Andrea now have chemistry with people, and we've seen Brandon have chemistry with people. I hold to the fact that I don't think that Brandon and Andrea have a romantic chemistry. I think they have a very good like camaraderie kind of chemistry, but I don't see a romantic chemistry between those two actors. I don't know if I agree with that. I I don't know. Okay. If they got together, there I has been hate time. It. I wouldn't hate it. There were times in season two after it was sort of off the table where suddenly they really did have some good vibes going. But in this one, I don't think so. I really don't think so. Mm. Okay. Well, our last scene Mm. is the kids want to play tug of war. So on one side is Kelly, Dylan, Steve, and Brandon. Or is Brandon, Brandon on the other side? Yeah. Okay. And then on the other side, no, Brandon's there. it's Andrea and all the campers. <laughs> and Jay, Sleep I think, is on the other side, too. Yeah, Jay, too. Yeah. Um, they're, do- they're playing tug of war. Finally, the kids win and pull them all over. And Kelly mm-hmm. and Dylan fall on top of each other. 
on this Oops, Daisy. <laughs> they take their time getting Whoops. up too. And uh, Steve even they says, do. "Hey, love birds, I have to call foul get off the, because the ground." Yeah, yeah. I just, I, I don't think that either Brandon or Steve would have missed that. I mean, Steve calls them lovebirds, yes, but I think he's more joking. I don't really think that you're so, that Steve and Brandon are hip to the fact that no. something's kind of brewing between these two. They're not, but it's pretty obvious. I know, and I think if anybody would be, it would be Steve and Brandon yeah. who would who would recognize this. And the fact that they don't, I was kind of like, okay, yeah. disagree. They would see it, but I okay. I think so, too. I think so, too. All right. And that's right. it. That's the end of the episode. That is it. What is your 90210 snap? Definitely Brandon kissing Andrea <laughs> because of my I have, reaction when I, I was watching it. I have to agree with you. Yes, that was <laughs> I did not remember that happening, so I was genuinely surprised. It really when that surprised me. This time around. Yeah. Yeah. Gross. It was gross, but yeah, I think that was our most dramatic moment of the thing. Uh verdict, what's your verdict? Uh I like this episode. Okay. <laughs> yes, Sorry. I do. Well, no, it's fine. I, I, I mean, I, I agree with you. I like the episode. There are things that just irritate me about it. I think that while the idea of the French trip is a good one, and I remember enjoying it, I don't think that this episode was particularly deft at handling that. I thought the French stuff was all kind of sloppy and felt like filler, you know? It was, like, but even so, I liked seeing the, those two somewhere other than Beverly Hills. Agreed. And seeing them Agreed. together. Yeah. All right. I liked them together. Yeah. I'll tell you that this this French arc does stand out in my mind a lot more than a lot of the other things that we've done in these early seasons. Um, th- this is one that I remember very well. So, you know, it, it at least made an impression on me as a child so that I would, like, retain it all all these years later. But, <laughs> yeah, I think it's fine. I think it's fine. And I remember it getting better, and I hope it actually does. Um, gotta, I've gotta say, Dylan and Kelly, I'm not hating that. <laughs> not hating that idea. You're not hating it. I'm really not. I'm really not. And okay. I said beginning of the end of Brenda and Dylan, and I, once again, I stick by it, so. Okay. All right. All I right, am, well. I'm a little bit here for, uh, for Dylan and Kelly. Okay. So. To maintain the integrity of, uh, the premise of this podcast. <laughs> I shan't weigh in on this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's fine. I just think they have chemistry. All right. All right. Well, they do have chemistry. There's no denying that. They definitely do. But I think, listen, watching this show again has just reinforced in my mind what a good actress Jenny Garth is because she has been able to handle just everything that has been thrown her way. And I think that's true even of the Melrose Place stuff. Even though I think that's like a sloppy, more immature Kelly, I think that she pulls it off. Yeah, you know? I agree. So, yeah, I agree that they do have chemistry. Absolutely. Uh, and I'm excited. I love these summer episodes. I'm excited about uh, what's what's ahead. I'm interested in what's going on with the gang. So, uh, yeah, I think I think good times. Good times are ahead. Huzzah. All right. You can join us next week as we continue our 90210 discussion with episode 1.4, Sex, Lies, and Volleyball. And uh, sorry, 3.4 and episode 3.5, Shooting Star slash American in Paris. Like the musical. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anything else, Kendra? Uh, no, you can find me at Mu- Miss Music Box 91 on all the things. And my website is missmusicbox.com. 
All right. Well, with that, I bid you a 9021. Here we go. 